This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior god. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor and Mario. Today, we're going back to basic training, a topic that is seemingly simple, but we often forget about it. It's grace. Before we get into grace, do you guys have any interesting experiences in your basic training? I bet we both do. How long's I'm it been, sure. bro? How long's it been since what year did you go through? Uh, 2011. 2011, my man. Yeah. It was painful, yeah. but I definitely learned a lot too. Yeah, so. definitely. That's that's the whole deal, right? That's, that's the whole thing. I went through in 2015. Okay. So I was a little behind you. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, listener, if you haven't picked up on this, Mario served in the Brazilian army. And I served in the army of the United States of America. So it's a really just cool for us to just go back and forth and share our experiences. And it's something we'll do more because I think that it's just, it's a fascinating thing for people to, to hear about. How long was the basic training for you? Well, I, I had it twice in a period of a year. Okay. So it was like two one month terms. And then yeah. in between those months where you, you were on active orders? I was. That's interesting. And what do they have you doing in between? Normal stuff like guard the, the gate mm-hmm. and that kind mm-hmm. of boring stuff yeah. that we, we all go through. But yeah, the, the second basic training that I went was because I was going to be promoted to corporal and I had to go through another basic training to get promoted. So. Interesting, man. So we just go through, we just have the one basic training. Ours was eight weeks eight weeks long for the army Okay. in 2015. I know that there was talk of changing it maybe, but it was eight weeks for us. And then uh, for us, if you get promoted to a sergeant or to the non-commissioned officer ranks, then we have like a little school that you have to go to. Yeah. But it's not, I guess it's, it would be fair to think of it almost as like a different basic training, like a sergeant's basic training, but it's really just more of like a specialized school to prepare for, for that kind of service, I guess. Well, I did have that too, but that was like, I didn't, count i'm talking about like the physical straight up stuff. basic training yeah Dang, man yeah that's the, cool the actual physical part of it good for you guys <laughs> not the intellectual part <laughs> yeah <laughs> it wasn't working out my brain at that time yeah. <laughs> that's funny man what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody preparing for basic training or thinking about leaving to serve the army this is a question i get a lot on social media what what is one piece of advice you would give to someone who's about to leave for basic training just remember that it's going to pass. Yeah. It's not forever. Even though you're going through something that is completely unrealistic to you at that moment, you think you will never be able to accomplish that mission or go through whatever course you're going through. It will pass. It will pass. And, and it's not forever. Yeah. The pain's not forever. That's a great word, man. This is a, kind of an unfortunate but sort of funny thing, maybe, how the, the U.S. Army handles these things. So a lot of people would quit. Right? A lot of people would not take heed of Mario's advice and remember <laughs> that it's only temporary and they would quit basic training. But because you're already there, right, they own you. So once you quit, then you go into like this special ranks where you are then working probably longer and harder than you were as a cadet cleaning and helping prepare different bays and little areas of the base for the next class of people coming in. And I swear to you, man, people who quit during our basic training class, they were still there working when we graduated and left. Wow. The army in and of itself is, is a bureaucratic thing, no matter what, right? Paperwork moves slow. Right. But especially when they're not motivated to get your paperwork through, right? So if you quit, they're, they don't, they're not going to be motivated to get your paperwork through so you can go home. Absolutely not. So those guys actually ended up staying longer than <laughs> if you actually just stuck through. It's just kind of a, like a terrible, but maybe sort of funny thing. Maybe they look back in 20 years and think it's funny, but... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's, that's the keyword. Keyword right? is maybe. maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
But I would actually, my, my piece of advice would be, yeah, just to remember that it's all mental, right? It's all mental. That if you can just mentally resolve not to quit, you'll get through it. That's right. You'll mm-hmm. get through it. Do you have any like interesting, like funny stories about your basic training? Ones that are podcast appropriate, Mario? <laughs> yeah, well, podcast appropriate, please. <laughs> those are tough ones. <laughs> tough questions. No, but we had a week that we went to a separate base to go for a specific training and we were like obviously not sitting down to eat lunch and we just grabbed their food and a little metal plate that you kind of hold yeah yeah i was holding my food and jumping and because we we had to eat while we were running in place and i dropped the one piece of chicken i had on my plate it was like <laughs> it was the most beautiful piece of chicken that i've ever seen in my life and i dropped it on the ground well I did not think twice. I grabbed it from the ground and I ate it. <laughs> it was the crunchiest piece of chicken that I have ate yes. in my entire life. That's for sure. That's just some Looking back, it's kind of kind of gross, but <laughs> I, I did it. I'm gonna confess it right up. Some dirt crusted chicken, right? That's next level. That's creative. <laughs> some creative cuisine right there. I don't know the about that. Dirt man. fried chicken. <laughs> I hope that no one from the army that like works in a food place at the army listens to this because they might serve that. They may be like, you know what? That's actually a good idea. It's a way to harden the troops, prepare them for some combat scenarios. <laughs> That's true. Here's some dirt crusted chicken. That's true. I don't want to be blamed for that. What about you, man? One thing that this is a motto that I have for life, a very loose motto for life based off my basic training experience for whatever reason. Well, one thing you need to know about me is that I love a good cookie pizza, okay? Some people call them pazookies. Some people I've say- I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's a weird one. That's a weird one. They say pazookie because it's like pizza cookie, pazookie. Okay, okay, yep. I, I get it, I get it. Yeah, but don't don't make fun of those people. That's not the right term. It's it's a cookie pizza, okay? And it's just what it sounds like. It's just a, it's like a big circle cookie. And my wife makes the best pazookies or cookie pizzas. She makes the best cookie pizzas. And so me and like one other guy we're talking about just started love and affinity for cookie pizzas one day just randomly. And from there on out, we just started saying, Hey, today's cookie pizza day. Whenever we'd wake up just as like a weird way to motivate, like, cause no one would want to get out of bed. Like we, they'd wake us up so early screaming, get out of bed, get ready. And uh, we'd all be tired and sore and we'd wake up and just look at each other and just say, Hey, it's cookie pizza day. And for whatever reason, that just motivated us to get out of bed. So sometimes I still do that. Sometimes I look at my wife, you know, if I have a long day or if I have some tough meetings coming up or if there's something I don't want to do, I'll just look at her and say, hey, it's cookie pizza day. Let's get it. Or hey, tomorrow's cookie pizza day. Let's get through today and tomorrow we'll do cookie pizza. You know, just just those little things like that. But one borderline inappropriate story that I'll share very quickly is towards the end of basic training, we had a little bit of downtime when we were out like in the woods or something like that. And I went to basic training in Georgia, shout out Fort Benning. And in Georgia, they have these vicious fire ants, these oh. ants that will mess you up, son. They don't take <laughs> smack from nobody. <laughs> and uh, towards the end of basic training, then um, some guys would, I guess, just pure. And if you listen, if you're a warrior, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know this point. People get bored and stuff gets a little weird. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And so guys started to take bets as to how long they could keep body parts on the fire ant hill. So it started, it started very appropriate. It started with their hand, right? Just put their hand on the, on the fire ant pile and just time how long you could hold it there. Makes complete sense. Total sense. Right. And people were placing down bets and stuff like, you know, you got to have your security posted up looking out for drill sergeants, but then we'd have these competitions, but it progressively 
evolve to different body parts being placed on the anthill. And uh, let me just tell you, man, these fire ants, again, they don't mess around. <laughs> the fire ants win every time. If you're wondering who, who won the competition, who held it there the longest, doesn't matter. The fire ants won every single time. It's funny because those can go through anything, yes. right? Like your uniform, your boots, yep. anything, anything. I don't know how. But they do. And that's what they didn't consider is that's not just a one-off competition. Like once you put your hand in there, they are in you. They are Forever. in your uniform. They're crawling uh-huh. up. They're making their way. That's right. You know, an hour later, some guy would scream in formation and a drill sergeant would make him do push-ups because he's got fire ants inside his jacket and he's on the ground pushing with fire ants inside and doing the worm on the ground. And obviously he can't explain to the drill sergeant, well, we were doing this bet and this competition and I was touching the fire ant hill. <laughs> that's why I screamed because they're still in my pants. That's right. Uh, Not good, man. Puts a whole new meaning to ants in your pants. It does indeed. It does indeed. (laughs) If that didn't make you just want to go down to your nearest recruiter and enlist in the United States Army, I don't know what will. (laughs) That's true. I don't know what will. will, You'll have the most painful, speaking of the military in general, you'll have the most painful time in your life, most likely, but it will be the funniest as well. Just the memories that you make. I was just talking about this with my brother. My brother is, is considering joining the Air Force. Watch out. Because right. the Air Force is the, right. is the superior branch in the United States. Go ahead and at me, at Connor Shanahan 1 on Instagram. I will debate you. <laughs> but we were talking about this because he just went through like this, this camp experience and uh, he was just talking about the bond that you have with people when you go through a shared experience, right? Like whether whatever it is, if it's a one week long camp for sports or if it's a one week long camp for something or if it's like a month long retreat just the bonding experience that you have with people when you go through something together, multiply that tenfold when you're going through suffering together, right? When you That's share, right. when you share suffering alongside your brothers or sisters, man, there, there is just something that knits those people together. And it's so special. It's so unique. So even when it's difficult, even when you are going through that suffering, there's such a unique sense of community that you have. Absolutely. With your fellow warriors as you, uh, as you go through that. So it's I mean, worth it, man. It's I'm, like the camaraderie, right? Like, yes. yes. Yeah. Some people joke about the army in the United States. It's the greatest fraternity in the world, <laughs> the greatest frat in the world. Cause you feel that sense of camaraderie with people who have gone through it even years before you, but join the army. Go ahead. Join <laughs> the military and serve your country proudly. If you're not already warrior, if you're listening to this, there's a decent shot that you're already serving your country proudly. And to you, we thank you. And with that, with that, I, I would say that. Another characteristic of the basic training is, I would say, competition. And I would even go farther. I would say it's competition with yourself. You're constantly trying to beat your record, try to get to the next level and try to, to reach out a new goal. And to that sense, it gets harder and harder and harder. And because of that, sometimes we forget to forgive ourselves for not making it. And that's when grace comes along. Yeah, you're right, man. No, you're right. And and like just like basic training where you learn fundamental skills that should carry you through your military career in the Christian life, there are some basics, right? There are some fundamentals. One of them is grace. And to your point, that's something that we seem to, I don't know, what do you think, take for granted or just miss in our daily life? Like there's something about grace that although it's basic and fundamental to our faith, we have a hard time fully grasping it, right? Yeah. That's right. I think often we either forget about it or we ignore it. I mean, I don't know. There's something in the heart of a warrior that just wants to fight for everything. Like they want to fight for their value and, and, and for their worth. But grace is something that we, we can't fight for. We can't strive for. It's something that's given to us. So I would imagine that's why sometimes maybe it's difficult to understand grace. 
it's contradictory to our human nature, right? Everything, even, you know, from a warrior perspective, Elizabeth, to your point, you're absolutely right that as warriors, we are naturally competitive or naturally driven and we want to earn things. We want to work hard or whether you're just in the marketplace and same thing. And you're in that office environment and trying to work hard and earn the approval of others. I think our whole social media experience is geared around this, mm-hmm. trying to earn the approval of others. The likes to, and the comments and the... Absolutely. Garner the most likes and comments, right? And that can create some dangerous thinking, even in our subconscious, where we are trying to earn the approval of others always. And so then when we think about God, we start to think that we need to earn his approval as well. Talking about grace, I mean, let's define grace. What is grace? If we're going to the basics, that would be the very basics. Love it. Yeah. Basic definition of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Favor or blessing that we don't deserve. Wow. And that's what grace is. It is favor. It is blessing. It is goodness. It is right standing before God that we don't deserve. You know, from a Christian perspective, what we're really talking about is the fact that um, we live in a fallen world. We live in a messy world and we're all messy human beings. We've all made mistakes. We all fail. We all fall short. The scriptures are clear that that mess and brokenness within us is called sin. Sin is an offense before a holy God and sin is refusal to submit our lives to the way that God has designed all things to work. So that's in all of us, man. And we feel that. I think that we feel that deeply. But in our mess, God doesn't look at us and say, hey, figure it out, dummy. Or, hey, try to work hard and do good work so that you can earn your way to heaven. No, against what standard, right? There's no way that we could earn our way before a holy, holy, holy triune God. And so God, in his grace, gives us favor that we don't deserve. And he came to earth, took on flesh as Jesus Christ, died on the cross to take the punishment for our sin that we rightfully deserve and to take our sin itself onto himself. He died. Three days later, rose again, ascended into heaven, where he seated with the Father and the Spirit, and where he promises to one day come again and restore all things. And so if we simply believe in that message, if we believe in Jesus Christ, then uh, we receive eternal life. We receive life abundant and life eternal in Christ. And that is only because of his grace. We do not deserve that. We cannot earn it. And yet God in his grace so freely offers us all eternal life. Well, and what makes this whole thing so scandalous is the fact that the only thing that we could ever deserve on our own merits is death. And Christ transforms that for us. Jesus Christ transforms that through grace. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk from a Christian perspective, if we're talking about like fairness, right? And life, life's not fair. You're right. It's not fair because if it were fair and we're all sinners, we all fall short of a holy God. And that holy God is also just and has to punish sin. If life were fair, then maybe we'd all spend eternity away from him. Yeah. Far from him. But because life's not fair, because this grace is so scandalous, we have the opportunity to spend eternal life with Christ. And to that point, God is so gracious towards us. And sometimes we forget to accept that grace. And we blame ourselves for things that God already forgave us. It's possible to to forgive ourselves and to come close to God. Even though we still fall far from Him sometimes, God still invites us to be close to Him. Yeah, that's really good, man. I've heard you talk about this before, and you mentioned the connection between what you just said and pride. That's right. Can you help us understand that a little bit? I can visualize a cycle, and that is when we don't understand grace and when we don't practice grace, it's usually because we're closing that cycle with pride and selfishness. So... When we start to understand how grace works and when we start to apply the grace that God has taught us, we can often see results. And one of those results is we become less selfish people. 
we become less prideful people. When we understand the profoundness of right. God's grace. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when we start practicing grace towards, towards others, others. Yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. that, that's like one of the key parts of the Christian life, right? Is mm-hmm. as we understand that though we don't deserve anything, God so richly pours out his grace and mercy on us. And therefore, we are to go and do likewise. And to others who don't deserve grace, to right. the people who annoy us, to the people who bother us. Jesus himself told us to love your enemies, right? Even to our enemies, we are to show the grace that they don't deserve because that's what God does for us. Yeah. God shows us grace when we don't deserve it. And it's very easy for us to forget how to apply grace and how to give and practice grace when we are attacked by someone. Even if they don't mean it, even if something happens beyond their control, we still feel attacked. Because of that, it triggers our emotions that we already had inside of us. And it, it just kind of stirred the pot. It makes us have different reactions than what we would have had if we had processed through our traumas and, and feelings that we had in us. Yeah, yeah no, you're spot on, man. Yeah. And I've been we've had this conversation. I've been guilty of that. Right? I've been guilty of that. Maybe I think we've all been guilty of that. We were all guilty I'm of sure. that. Yeah. yeah. It, it happens more often than we think yeah. and with all of us. And it's something that has a deep weight in my heart right now. And it should, brother. It should. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that this aspect of grace should, I think this is what you're saying, correct me if I'm off here, should heavily influence our identity, should shape who we are. Mm-hmm. Because we don't deserve anything, because we are doomed without Christ, and because he loves us so freely and richly, like that speaks to who we are. In Christ, we are completely and perfectly loved. In Christ, even though we don't deserve it, we are completely and perfectly accepted. In Christ, we are bought by his blood. He paid a high, hefty price for us that we might be redeemed in him. And so if we let that, if we let that grace shape us, then we, yeah, we wouldn't respond when somebody challenges us. Because, man, I know that I know who I am. <laughs> I know yeah. that I'm good. I know that I'm loved. I know that I'm accepted. I don't need to try to prove myself. I don't need to battle. I don't need to debate. I don't need to react harshly if somebody, you know, challenges me and my pride and my flesh swells up. Like, I'm good. I am bought, chosen, accepted by the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to try to extend that grace to you. That's it. Yeah, for sure. I think that brings up the Imago Day. Mm. Because of that, we have to reflect that grace towards others. And we are able to accept God's grace upon us as well. That's a good word. Let me maybe stir the pot and see if you go for it. would push back on this at all. Because I think you're, you're absolutely right that this influences the way that we treat others and should treat others. And I think I also heard you say that it should influence the way that we treat ourselves. Absolutely. Right? And so I think that there actually is an aspect of, of pride. Now stay with me here. This might sound really harsh. Stay with me and please push back. Fellow Warrior Podcast hosts. If we are to not show ourselves grace, if we are not to forgive ourselves when we mess up or where we've fallen short or where we could have done better, that's actually really arrogant. I I have no pushback. I completely agree with you. And really prideful because God has already declared us to be forgiven, Uh right? Like the whole point of Jesus Christ dying on the cross is that we're going to mess up often. Yeah. So that's not an excuse for our sin. That's not a free pass to sin. Obviously, as our heart is transformed and we experience the love of God, that transforms us from the inside out and our behavior matches the transformation that's happened within us as we, again, experience the love of God. But if, if we are harsh towards ourselves, not gracious towards ourselves, how arrogant is that to say where God has said, son, daughter, child, I have forgiven you. I've declared you worthy and accepted in my sight because of Christ. 
So who are you to say, no, I, I messed up. I'm not worthy of forgiveness. How arrogant is it of us to be harsh with ourselves like that? that that's kind of a scandalous thought. We're, we're taking something that Jesus did. He died on the cross and our sins were buried. And so why should we carry around unforgiveness towards ourselves? Why should we carry that around? It's, it's an insult to what Jesus has done for us. We're not trying to say here that we do not need to reflect on our acts or that we are always right or anything like that. We just say we do not need to be guilty because we're free mm -hmm. in Christ. And he gave us freedom from this guilt that we might feel every once in a while when we're not willing to receive God's grace upon ourselves. Yeah, it's hard for us to understand how massive the cross is, how transformative it is that Christ accomplished for us on our behalf. It's hard for us to understand the magnitude of that. It's scandalous. Yeah, it is. Scandalous. It's our favorite word. Too big, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's something beyond our comprehension. And even, even as we do understand glimpses of it, man, we're so, we're just so easily distracted mm -hmm. in our culture. Mm -hmm. We're so easily distracted by the next thing. Like, oh man, that's so awesome. I just went to church and heard the gospel and heard of God's grace. And I'm, so, I was moved to tears even. I'm so impacted. And then as soon as I get out in the car, it's like, all right, who are the Cowboys playing today? Right. You know, or like, you know, the radio show comes on or a podcast that you listen to comes on and, and you just lose it, right? You just get lost in the moment. I was so convicted uh, just today. I, I was watching this this video for a class on a missionary that went to Papua New Guinea. And uh, he spent months interacting with this tribe and teaching them slowly but surely a foundation to understand the word of God. And there was this dramatic moment where he, after laying the foundation of, of who they are and where they are and the uh, foundation of the word of God in the Old Testament, there was this dramatic gospel presentation that he did. And uh, man, it moved me to tears to see the response of this tribe who had never heard the gospel before when it clicked Man, you would have thought like it was, they were cheering and screaming and crying and praising God for hours. Wow. Hours in the middle of Papua New Guinea in an unreached people group. They were just running around in the forest, lifting each other up, throwing each other up, you know, hugging each other, kissing each other, crying, saying, this is so great. Christ has forgiven us and he loves us. And man, we just miss that. We miss the beauty and glory and majesty of what Christ has accomplished for us. But we don't have to miss it. We don't have to. We don't have to. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't. And it should convict us that man, there's no awe. We, we struggle to cultivate that sense of awe and wonder at how deep and wide the love of God is for us. And we're invited to enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. I also think it's fair to say that sometimes it becomes hard for us to practice grace, especially upon others. When we try to establish patterns and rules for life and when other people don't follow those rules that we have established it's so hard for us to uh, to apply grace and in that kind of situation because we think like i said it all comes back to pride and selfishness we think we are right we are always right and it's not like that we often need to practice to see our neighbor how god sees us with grace yeah, that's a great man. Like, like if we're going to say, what's a good practical way that we can exercise grace towards others? Maybe check your hidden expectations mm. is what I hear you saying. Absolutely. And man, how often does that happen in marriage, right? Oh, Every day. Come right. on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just the other night, me and my wife were hanging out with her family and I was, I don't, I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I was like. I showered and then I had to finish reading this book for class or something like that. And so I was just in our room reading and she comes in and she's mad at me 
because we didn't watch a movie. It was very specific. She was like upset that we didn't watch a movie. And I was just like, I was like, sweetie, did you, I didn't know that you wanted to watch a movie. Like, uh, did you ask me if we could watch a movie? And she's like, all right, fair point. Nope, I didn't. (laughs) You know, but it was like, she just had this expectation and I do this all the time as well. I'm just picking on my wife a little bit. I love you, babe. But she had this hidden expectation. Hey, tonight's movie night, except I didn't get the ticket. I didn't get the invite, you know, but just as a, maybe a funny practical way, check those hidden expectations that we have towards others, whether it's a neighbor or coworker, what are you expecting of people? And where is that too far? Where's that unfair? And how can you let the gospel speak to that relationship? Absolutely, brother. You you put it in beautiful words. And I would say that grace is something so important. And it should be always closed so we can always practice and receive and, and, and share grace. Because often that can cause damage, especially in the body of Christ. When we treat others, brothers and sisters, in a certain way, and we do not love them with grace. It can cause destruction, and it can cause division in the body of Christ. And and that's not what we were called to do. We were called to unify the body of Christ. We were called to be one with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're called to to share grace and love that God has given us for free. He gave us for free, but he paid, like Connor said, a very high price for us. We need to do that for others. Yeah, and it's, it's not going to be our first reaction, right? Mm-hmm. It definitely in not. In our flesh. But it needs to be. Right. <laughs> as Christians. Yeah. yeah. And so the only way that's going to happen is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so maybe a practical challenge for you, warrior, is to pray and ask the Spirit of God to let grace be your first instinct. Think the best of people. Give people the benefit of the doubt. And let grace, like you said, Mario, always be within that arm's reach. Always be quick to show grace. Uh, even though that's goes against our human nature that goes against everything in our flesh let us pray and ask the spirit that we would be a people of grace and show quickly to others the grace that god has so abundantly given us thank you for listening to us if you want to trust in christ or if you want to learn more about making him the authority over your life or if you want to learn more about us send us a message on our instagram at wgmhq that's wgmhq We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.